nothing sounds better than a well-built NA engine, but there's also sitting back and getting your ass handed to you in the seat by a big supercharged <laughs> turbo car yeah. is also a completely different yeah. experience. Yeah. The torque yeah. numbers in a supercharged yeah. car are yeah. savage. Yeah. Yeah. But then you get these high horsepower, you know, V12s. <sighs> Nothing sounds like them. No. no but yeah. they're dogs off the line. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, there's not a lot. They're only of making power in that, like, upper 3,000 RPM. And other that, they're kind of they're gutless to go drive around. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Welcome back to another episode of Modify with Trick Factory Customs. If this is the first time watching, my name is Elvis. Tim. Steve. Awesome. Rob is not here again. He ditched us. He's <laughs> <laughs> but he'll be back. If you do not know, we are a podcast, Modify with Trick Factory. We just love to talk about cars. And so we say wild shit on the internet. Exactly. <laughs> Sometimes we hurt people's feelings. Yes. And uh, th- on this episode, we are going to be talking about naturally aspirated versus turbochargers versus superchargers. So pretty much NA versus forced induction. Uh, which is best? Is there anyone that's better? Because you've all, you, everyone is, or if you are in the car world, you've heard of, there's no replacement for displacement. I think that's how that statement goes. It's old school. But I feel like it. that's how you... <laughs> I think that's kind of gone by the wayside now. But, yeah. Yes. Or has it? That's the question we're going to be answering in this episode. Um, because um, we have all dealt with those cars, or we've all driven turbos superchargers na steve has wired a billion of them um and he's seen a bunch of stuff like for high performance and they've been either supercharged or turbo and so he's gonna bring his wisdom in that um and tim has yeah you have a turbo charge you have a turbo and supercharger supercharged i've dealt engines. more with the packaging side of these systems yes so we're gonna be diving into all of that how like what you need as well to make a reliable like turbo slash supercharged car all of that uh how difficult it is to package it and um yeah again which is best and so with that said we're gonna dive in before we get started um talking of offending people on the internet our last episode on uh on evs oh my (laughs) gosh people are are diehard at supporting gas cars that's what i've seen this past week yes and for some reason people's sexuality has come into I question. know I know <laughs> like that seems to be the first defining factor is like right away if yes. you support this you or this I know why are you gay if yeah. you're yeah. <laughs> if you're if you're electric for some reason you're officially like a homosexual and it's weird the internet is a weird and strange place it but uh, sadly it's a dividing area that was the first time that people. I put the comment of the day <laughs> I, was, I wish i could find it because the guy's argument was amazing yeah it was, it was like the transition from the ox to the horse from the horse <laughs> the steam power yes. steam power to petrol and he's like i wonder if you know the pioneers in the petrol engine had their sexuality you know questioned at the time <laughs> yeah you're going away from horses you're going yeah you Come must on. be gay yeah. <laughs> Gas engines are so gay. I know. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense, but whatever. Yeah, so we're going to see, I don't know, if we're alive 20, 30 years from now, or like I guess in the future when we're all electrified and uh, they're outlawing gas cars, if that's even a thing. I don't um, think it's a thing. I don't think it's going to be in our lifetime. I think, <laughs> I, I think if anything, don't. there's going to be alternative fuels. Mm. I don't think it's ever going to go full EV. Yeah. 
I can't. They don't. They have to come up with something else. Yeah, the infrastructure. I don't even think it's even there yet. Like it's, it's definitely the infrastructure is definitely not there no. as far as charging everyone's electric car and the simple mining and getting the pure raw pieces to make all the all that stuff up is simply not attainable. Yeah. Plus, they're already dabbling. Like you got Porsche and all these oh, guys yeah. dabbling in synthetic, synthetic fuels, fuels. Yeah. and so I think there's going to be a lot more yeah. sort of effort and emphasis put on that rather than just straight ev stuff that is true i agree um yeah I'm, i think that's exactly going to happen like yeah like the, like you said like the porsche or the topaz like i feel like there's been a lot of research but it's still so expensive right now but that's just it like any but emerging technology mm -hmm. is always crazy expensive on the top side and then it's as people more and more get invested into it that it's a viable thing that technology becomes cheaper and cheaper and cheaper down yeah. to the consumer level then we can all have it in our whatever device or vehicle that ends up being yeah but it always costs something to make something like of course it's never uh, gonna it's be the, it's the balance <laughs> there's already crazy technologies like hydrogen and all these other things that we've discussed that are awesome mm -hmm. but they're just still a little bit explosive yeah <laughs> <laughs> I feel like hydrogen is not that like people just think you're carrying a nuclear bomb in your car. Well, it's like that, it's an amazing technology and it's super efficient and it's really really good. But yeah. the safety side of it, I guess gotta, so. You gotta work <laughs> yeah. on. Like you get rear-ended, you're going to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> so once they get that part of it figured out, mm -hmm. and maybe that'll be it. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but yes, and if you don't know, in our last episode we talked about electrifying. Um, classic cars and if that's a sin and all of that and uh yeah so the opinions were very divided um and we had the guys from revolt on they make pretty much crate motors electric crate motors so you can check that out if you're interested um but yeah so and so with that said we are going to dive into today's episode of uh turbos na um supercharger um, and so before we dive into, I guess, all the differences, I just, for people that might not, I guess, know what everything is, like all of those different things, let's just, just quickly define them real quick. They're the same thing. What, yeah. NA and turbo? A supercharger and a turbocharger. Yeah, I guess that is, yeah. yeah. It's just an air compressor. Same but different. Yeah. <laughs> same but different. Yeah. So what, yeah, so they both compress air, but they do it in different ways yeah. so how does a uh, turbo do it with well, exhaust gas okay exhaust gas spinning a turbine spinning the compressor side forcing air into the motor supercharger belt chain chain whatever you got going Direct on drive gear drive there's yes. all different variations of it yeah. yes um and so for but there's big differences between turbochargers and superchargers so what are some some uh, minus like the belt drive and chain drive and exhaust gases. What are some other differences between both methods of well, forced induction? One in theory is using wasted energy mm -hmm. and the other one is parasitic. So it's pulling off <laughs> yeah. the motor to drive. Yeah. So it takes power to make power. Yeah. So it's supercharger, it takes power to make power. So you have to have enough power to draw. Overcome, to, to actually yes. make it actually be a benefit to you. Yes. So then turbochargers at a certain level, once they start making crazy amounts of boost, there is an argument that it takes a bit of power to do too. Once the back pressure reaches a certain point in the exhaust, the turbo does, becomes less efficient. You like, can't get, that, get it out as fast as you're getting it in. Yeah. Okay. So it starts to pile up in the exhaust and then 
the exhaust flow can't go out the actual engine itself because yeah. it's, it's meta resistance. So it's almost like a bottleneck. Exactly. At the, yeah. Okay. Um, and so for that back pressure, like what would be like a solution to that? I guess there's almost no, so like there's almost there isn't no, really it because on your packaging, like, yeah. it's, it's completely, uh, that's the tuning side of it. Yeah. It's a specific instance per car you're dealing with. Yeah. 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 And, um, so let's talk about superchargers. It takes power to move power. So it is what less efficient than a turbo or no, I wouldn't say less efficient. It's just that you have like, you always have to overcome, um, how much resistance the superchargers, um, using as far as the, like the benefit side goes like on yep. the big pro mod cars that I normally work on. Some of these superchargers can take an excess a thousand like, horsepower. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and upwards of, of, of that level of power to create the boost that it is that actually is making. So it's a, so you have to like have a gigantic supercharger to overcome like and a humongous engine to actually make it be an efficient system. And so those pro mods, because I was looking at, I was just like, Ooh, let me just yeah. do a research on this topic before we do it. Yeah. But uh, I wasn't literally looking at pro mods, but I was looking at, um, drag dragsters yep. and they were they were talking i don't know if promos is exactly the same but Similar they were talking engine. about yeah. yeah like they make how many how much power does That's like seventy five hundred, eight thousand. <laughs> no top fuel if it's a fuel car they're going to be an eleven thousand horsepower oh range. my gosh yeah and so yeah they said it takes about 900 to a yeah. thousand horsepower yeah. just to run the blower yeah. to make enough power and so like why don't they use turbos um, it's a spec for the class. Um, like it's like, so like at the end of the day, there's still rules for the class that has to be. So they all have to run the same type as the same type of forced induction. So they all run a modified supercharger on, on, on them. That's class legal. Okay. Um, so it's got nothing to do with it. They couldn't run turbochargers. It's because of the, of the class that they're racing in is, is the type of unit that they have to use. Hmm. Yeah. There was a part of me that was also thinking, I'm like, is it because they are, they don't produce turbos don't produce instant power because you have to build up no like you have to produce as much you can get around that by staging the car in certain <laughs> ways on like the, if you get down a couple of levels in like a pro mod class you'll you'll see a range of a whole bunch of different engine types where you'll have a, a nitrous assisted car you'll have a turbo car you'll have a blower car whether the blower car is a pro charger style uh, blower like a gear driven setup or it's a standard style like either a screw blower or a roots kind of belt driven deal so if you get down to that class you'll see a whole bunch of different level types of engines and sizes and different power adders because the class allows a whole bunch of different types of uh, of induction systems oh, that's interesting and then you talked about different types of superchargers so there's not just one type Absolutely not. No, there's so a whole like, bunch of types. So like yeah. what are what are the main ones? So you go your old school, which is like your classic style roots blower. Um, so it's essentially uh, two spinning triangles essentially f on each other. Um, and they're kind of forcing air into the motor. And then you have a modified version of that, what they call a high helix, which is basically a twisted version of that. So they kind of have a little bit more efficiency on the, on, on the actual uh, screws themselves. And then from there, you have a proper screw blower with two uh, screws essentially forcing the air into the motor and then and those will be both be a belt driven setup okay um, and then you can go to your um, like a kind of gear based setup or belt like the uh, pro charger style setup where it's got to be a gear driven or still belt driven on that front but it's more it looks more like I'd say a turbo I was gonna ask yeah. I was, okay okay yeah so it's it's got mm. more of a, a 
a turbocharger look to it, but it's essentially a belt-driven setup. Um, oh, okay. And centrifugal supercharger. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. so yeah. It, it, but it also has its issues. They generate a lot of heat, um, as opposed to the kind of screw or roots blowers. So you have to so. While they can make lots of power, the, the opposite side of it is that they generate a ton of heat. Let me go back to turbos a little bit because yeah. um, we currently have a LS swapped, or not LS swapped, it's a twin turbo Tahoe <laughs> slash Lambo, Euro, <laughs> but um, there's different types of turbos as there are different types of or turbochargers yeah. versus superchargers. Yeah. Um, but for turbo, the one that we have versus the ones that are on your Evo, what is the difference with the me the me mechanism mechanism for oh, how it works it's just the bearings that are in it yes yeah. oh yes so mine like have it. ceramic ball bearings okay it. so compared to like the amount like what is the benefit of that like Long is it just gravity. okay not less like heat? less drag like as you have a journal bearing um it's essentially just the metal slipping on each other with a teeny tiny little film of oil in between it so you're much more susceptible to, to heating up your this cartridge where, where the bearings actually sit. Okay. So like longevity wise, the ball bearing is going to last a lot longer. Um, so it's less susceptible to like heat. Yeah. Well, a lot of those ones will be water cooled and yeah. they oh, add a whole okay. bunch of other things. So yeah. once you start progressing into ceramic ball bearings, you can eliminate some of those yeah. additional systems. Yeah. And keep the turbo cool. I'm guessing like which is better depends on the purpose or the purpose that you're vehicle. using. Yeah, absolutely. It's completely situational in my mind for what you would end up choosing as far as wanting to stay a naturally aspirated setup or wanting to do force induction it would completely depend on what the car was going to be. Yeah. I think it comes down to packaging on modern cars. Yeah. Okay. When you talk about packaging, could you explain well, the, that? The amount of displacement that they're using now and force inducting it oh, yeah. is yeah. is crazy. Like you got like one point three liter engines that are yeah, three hundred horsepower. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they can make yeah. those Crazy. the packaging so much smaller now. Mm -hmm. And like a lot of modern cars with turbochargers in them, you don't even know they're turbocharged. No, turbo like you can't even feel it. Like turbo technology is crazy now. Like just the electronics behind it to manage it, and as well as like variable vane turbos. There's no boost lag. There's no nothing. Like most of these cars, and it's transition. Like they're not even badged turbo anymore like you, we've made it through that whole 80s 90s yeah. things where turbo, turbo 3000 <laughs> now almost <laughs> everything is turbocharged <laughs> yeah. and there's no mention of it at all no yeah so what about the statement of like that statement of like there's no replacement for displacement is that well, still I a think thing turbochargers <laughs> yeah. well because you still calculated the amount of displacement because you're moving a certain amount of air so it's the same as a blower like a blower is classified by how much air it moves so you can get a three liter blower. So you're still adding displacement to a smaller engine. So basically if you have a five liter engine with a three liter blower on it, it's equivalent to an eight liter engine. Oh, I've like actually never thought you, about that before. I don't know how, you know, oh. but that's basically that's how they classify blowers. So you're still creating displacement. Oh shoot. Based on I mean, that how amount of air that you can move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Huh. I, I, I don't, didn't I don't think, think they rate that. turbochargers in the same way because no. <laughs> much different. Like a blower is more fixed yes. based on how fast you're spinning it and the actual physical size of the blower you're using. Mm -hmm. Whereas a turbo is up and down based on, you know, exhaust flow. And We have a car with a, ma a, a big blower, but it's... It has a three liter blower. Okay. The yeah. Wagner supercharged V8. Yeah. Okay. At the shop. Okay. Yeah. Three liter. And how many, what's the displacement for the, like the actual motor 
It's a 427. Oh, oh, wow. That's big. It's a big it's big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so what about, like, what do you need usually? I want to turbocharge my Beamer, for example, than it came NA. Like, what usually do you need? You need, of course, the turbo. What else? You need a way to spin the turbo so yeah. that your exhaust system needs to be modified. You need some way to seal your induction system because you're forcing air in. So you need some form of a manifold. So like previously, supercharging like carbureted cars and all those type of things caused a whole bunch of problems. Now modern cars, the way they work with like a single throttle body, it makes it a lot easier because you just feed your turbo straight in there. Yeah. But if you have something like some BMWs with ITBs, you would have to make some kind of plenum plenum box for it to seal all those so that you can actually create boost pressure so and then some things just aren't you can't really they're not really designed to do it so like carburetors you're pushing air out of different orifices and you got to change all your floats and all this kind of stuff because you got plastic floats and you start pushing threats and it's gonna break yeah everything's no good so there's lots of different challenges but modern cars fuel injected cars are really easily turbocharged okay and so, like, what do you need minus, okay, you need turbo, you need to get your exa- exhaust gases relocated to the tur- to spin the turbine, yeah. um, and then what else? Well, now yeah. you've shoved a whole bunch of extra air into the engine that never used to be there, so now how are you going to deal with that? You need to offset it with the right amount of fuel. Yeah. So now you're going to have to either upgrade your fuel system, injectors, fuel pump, fuel lines, depending on how big you go and all the electronics to support it all now because now and then a tuner who actually knows what they're doing yeah which is a whole nother podcast i'm sure (laughs) (laughs) yes it's uh like so like everyone always just wants to do the whizzy stuff but not all the stuff that actually makes the car actually function Mm -hmm. that's that's always been my hugest like beef with people is that like oh i bought this big giant crazy turbo or supercharger but then they're still running the stock fuel system. Yeah. And then they get mad that the motor pops or they can only make a little bit more power than it ever did stock because they simply can't turn it up because they don't have all the supporting pieces to go with it. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty, that's actually an interesting part that you mentioned of like supporting mods. Um, because on the, on for example, like the Evo, I mean, that's a completely built everything. Yeah. And you were at the tuners, the other, like was there a bottleneck for you for for like i know it was like the throttle body that was the issue well everybody makes these wild statements on the internet but it's like (laughs) there's literally a formula yeah so like you can only make so much power based on your fuel and your air that you can provide it Mm -hmm. so like basically the bottleneck for my car for making more power is my injector size so no matter how much boost i throw at it i can't i don't have enough fuel to make any more than a very specific amount of power yeah. so if everything's working perfectly you're going to make this much yeah. and if you get a tuner that's good they'll tell you like oh you have this 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 you can expect to make this yeah. oh absolutely. that's yeah. it oh there's wow no way around it like there it's literally math it's and math. science yeah. you can there's nothing mm. you can say all kinds of wild shit you want, yeah. but it's like there's a set formula and if you don't meet those criteria you're not going to make power really yeah. and so and so for your car actually let's dive into that again so your car what type of injectors do you currently have i have 1400 cc injectors okay so basically with my setup i can make eight to a thousand horsepower mm. before i run out of fuel yeah, yeah. And I have the ability to put a second set of injectors in or bigger injectors. 
I would probably be more inclined to put a second set of injectors just so that I can have better drivability. But I, do I need it? I don't really need it. So I don't think I'll take it to that point. So <laughs> being able to say that I'm capable of making this tremendous amount of horsepower is based on me changing a bunch of other things. Mm. So me to run my motor at 850 wheel horsepower is going to be insane. Bloody and <laughs> it'll last probably as long as I need it to. Yeah. So... Yeah, well, um, I've been telling people online that your car makes fifteen hundred. So <laughs> d- don't tell. It's between us. Don't. It probably don't. <laughs> like when I spec'd it out, that was like one of the criteria. And short, of, basically, the only thing I'd honestly have to do is probably, yeah, switch Just my injectors. injectors. Out, yeah, yeah. Crank her up. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of my fuel system is capable of doing it. Mm-hmm. And so for a lot of like pro mods that you do, do they, what kind of injectors do they have? Do they have, yeah, what kind of injectors do they have? Do they have dual? It completely like, depends on the car and the setup. Yeah. Um, so if we're talking like a traditional kind of Brad uh, billet Hemi kind of deal, a lot of guys are still running mechanical. So it's oh, literally- Oh, me- mechanical? Yeah. So we had just oh. have a big giant mechanical pump that runs off the, basically the front of the camshaft. Wow. And um, it basically forcing a whole bunch of fuel into the uh, little manifold and it gets divided out to each of the cylinders mm-hmm. through nozzles, essentially different specific sizes. Um, and so a lot of the guys will be running that setup um, if they're not comfortable running the EFI stuff. But if you're running the EFI stuff, they're, most of the guys are running typically between 16 and 20 <sighs> electro, like, uh, electronic injectors on it to, to meet the fuel requirements required to make 20 injectors yeah oh my gosh that's insane so usually we do like we'll have two per cylinder and then if it's a roots blower we'll have a whole bunch on the top of the supercharger to keep Mm -hmm. the blower cold Mm -hmm. and then we'll we'll have another set in like the lower runners to kind of do some individual cylinder corrections and then we'll what yeah and then then some of the some of the blowers will have a in the hat itself and the top of the supercharger air goes in, we'll have like a spray bar in there to spray more methanol on top. Like it just, it completely depends on what kind of blower That's setup insane. and the you got on it. Yeah. Um, and then for, I don't know if you've dealt with, um, what did they call it? Like, like for example, like meth, like meth injection and all of that. What happens if you add that to your car? Like meth injection or even like, not, not much if you want to do nitrous, but if you want to, what happens because i know nitrous is technically another form of yeah it's a power forced and forced induct can like you call it that of, yeah yeah, yeah. Induction, but it's a power adder yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 and so what happens if you add like have you have you dealt with uh um, like nitrous powered i haven't done any no? nitrous power like boosted nitrous powered stuff but i've played with nitrous lots in the past oh okay so to start adding those layers it's just i you'll I just see haven't needed yeah. to yeah <laughs> yeah like back in the day, like turbochargers, basically a lot of guys would run nitrous with turbo setups yeah. because of lag. Yeah. So they'd use the nitrous to get off the line until they started making boost. Yeah. But oh. now you don't really need to do that. Like turbo technology and programming has come to a point where it's you don't really need to do that anymore. You see still some of the Formula Drift guys will still run a small nitrous kit to help out yeah. with, with the boost because they'll run a fairly large turbo in some of those cars. So they still, it's the only, t- it's the only place I think I can still see it these days where someone's using a teeny tiny bit of nitrous just to help help a little bit of pre-spool up to get the turbo going. Yeah, because I feel like with turbos, like even if like, yeah, the technology's there, but I still, all the turbo car, all the turbocharged cars that I've driven, 
they you can still feel the lag like even uh if the people say oh sure, you can't feel it, it. it like you, you can still feel the lag like even if it's a split second yeah. but you can still feel like when the turbo kicks in yeah um and so for nitrous i feel like i've never played with a nitrous it's car before with the turbo more of an so i'm curious to know what that feels like type of setup like some of the bigger nitrous cars that you deal with they're uh, multiple kits like four or five kits of nitrous six kits of nitrous depending on what kind of class you're in yeah yeah um and then but in that instance you're going to run a giant engine with it mm-hmm. um in the one small tire class like most guys are running a 650 inch yeah um um engine because that's what the class allows and they can run two kits of progressive nitrous in the car and it's uh those guys could be flowing in excess of like 2,000 horsepower with the nitrous. That's crazy. Um, well, the motor's making probably eight, 900 NA and they're flowing tons of nitrous through it. Um, so it's a, and there's different ways to get the nitrous in the engine. So you can just have a typical solenoid go on and off mm-hmm. where the solenoid just open, all the nitrous going in, where more modern cars these days run a progressive setup. So you can actually like pulse the nitrous up to and ramp it in, um, which is a much safer way to do it. Um, and it definitely helps out get the car going down the racetrack for sure. But so what about, have you guys heard about electric turbos? Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like they've had a lot of success with it. No. Yeah. yeah. So like, so from what you guys have heard, because I just thought about this, I haven't done research on it, but how does, I mean, obviously an electric, how does that work? And have you seen it be successful? I wouldn't even call it a turbocharger at that point because it's pretty much an electric supercharger. Because like, how could you, because it's not running the exhaust There's gas. no exhaust. Just so in my air. mind. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No longer a turbo. Oh. Yeah. So I wouldn't call, I wouldn't specify it as a turbo myself, but I, the other one I've seen is like a hydraulic turbo or like an electric over hydraulic feeding how, like. How does that work? So you, well, hydraulics can go a lot, have a way higher RPM and way higher pressure value than the electric motor is probably ever going to have. Because you got to think a turbocharger when it's maxed out spinning is 140, 150,000 RPM. yeah. Yeah, so like, like I don't know of a lot of electric motors that can kind of turn that RPM uh, reliably. Mm-hmm. So hydraulics would be the other answer to try and get the turbo going that quick. But So you just like shoot yeah. hydraulic yeah. fluid at a very high pressure? Yeah. yeah. Hydraulic pump pressures are insane. Yeah. Like that would be that would be more of an ideal situation in my mind if if you're looking for an alternative way to have make. you have you seen that in like I believe Garrett does make a hydraulic turbo. Oh wow! Um, I don't know if it's like a I believe it to be like an industrial type of thing. I don't think it's like a performance part of any kind, but mm-hmm. I do believe reading a while back that they, there is a hydraulic turbo out there. Yeah, I, I what they would need that for. I don't know. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I'm wondering like if there's a cap for like the electric turbo because i have heard of them but i don't know if they're in use anywhere or if it's one of those like snake oil type things like oh electric turbos there's been a bunch of people attempt it okay and it just hasn't really had much success yeah i think just well maybe now that things are progressing into like brushless motors and Mm -hmm, all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff there's probably more opportunity now yeah. But before, they just didn't have the jam to do it. Yeah. Because the more you boost you're creating, the bigger the load on the electric yeah. motor is. Oh, that's you true. Think yeah. You need a yeah. fairly large you need a pretty motor. strong motor. Yeah. And then you need the power supply for that motor. Yeah, to keep you up almost need like a standalone system for yeah. the whole thing. And then the, you need crazy voltages, so it's going to yeah. start adding all these other things that yeah. you got. It's not just going to run off a 12-volt system no. to be able to make enough. <laughs> Very limited. No. To be successful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. Huh. And then... Well, now we're talking of electric now, but I feel like now there's so much 
there's so much technology for making cars run and we're seeing in these like for example like a 296 or something that uses electric whatever backup i don't even know how the electric system works in in uh in conju in conjunction with the gas motor and all that but have you seen like or have you encountered i don't know if it hit the drag strips yet but them using electric power to kind of like no like before the turbo like starts yeah. spooling and no. all that to the, no for the electric to kick in first no no no, no? even like what i mean you look at a lot of hybrid supercars and that's yeah. what they're doing yeah they're using the hybrid like the electric part of it to fill that gap from yeah. the line up until the motor starts making enough rpm to start producing real power mm -hmm. so the combination of the two now you have insane cars yeah, yeah. Like there's no lag at all. Like, no uh, lag acceleration. Feel it yes. at all. Instant yes. acceleration. Yes. Yeah. Because I feel like when that was a huge drawback, or that was a huge potential drawback back in the day of like, ooh, all of everything is going to start to change to electric, and everything is, or like everything's going to hybridize until we're thinking of the Prius for performance, <laughs> and. Uh, but I feel like with have you guys heard about the what's the new Lamborghini out the shoot the new V12 Lambo. Because we were like, oh, the V12 yeah. is going to be killed. But I think there's the Revuelto or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They sure. just launched yeah. it, but it has like a thousand horsepower yeah. with the same V12. Yeah. And then the electric motor that has 100 and whatever horsepower, 150 or something. Yeah, and that's that enough to like make that difference between getting the car to accelerate like a rocket ship, like all those kind of supercars do these days. It's yeah. like, I think it's a, a brilliant technology. Formula One uses it. Le Mans cars use it. Like it, it's a brilliant setup, the hybrid setup. Like that's where a lot of racing's gone to because uh, of that pure raw acceleration that, that those two combined can actually make. Yeah. But as well, far as it on a consumer level, I think that's years away from from anything. I don't know. Yeah. Hybrid. <laughs> yeah. And, I know. The, and the thing's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. One filled up her truck and it's like yeah. got back in. It's like range 880k. I was what like, truck? Oh, she's got a hybrid Highlander. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. 800. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> so from that aspect of it, it's pretty amazing. Well, I mean, I meant more from like a performance standpoint. Like yeah. Where someone like I'm gonna go get like this bolt-in kit to go in line with my Turbo yeah, 400 and the drag strip. The, yeah. The <laughs> like, not, yeah. Like we had a conversation yeah. yesterday with somebody and it was like the most. Uh, I don't want to say ridiculous, but it was just so oversimplified mm -hmm. that I just almost dismissed it because, like, the reality of it is like, oh, I'm going to just do this. And you're like, you don't have a clue. Like, <laughs> How hard like, it's going to be. So, like, the aftermarket, like, even this EV conversion thing is not an easy thing. Like, it's no. you're, it's, you're not casually doing this on a weekend. Like, oh, I'm just going to throw an electric motor in so yeah. I get more jump off the line yeah yeah no it's so far away from that still it's yeah. crazy it would take uh, someone who has <laughs> an incredible amount of knowledge in both the the ev part and the efi part to make them seamlessly work together yeah because there's that overlap section where yeah. one is going transitioning yeah. into the other and that that can't be cheap yeah, yeah. yeah. like you got people struggling to tune their normal cars systems at the yeah. same time like i think it's so far away still yeah so like the amount of time and effort that goes into these things that they're creating is it's pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah, we were literally just talking about it before we turned on the cameras of just how much goes into the development of a car, especially a modern, a modern car. vehicle is wild how much money a manufacturer will spend on it. And people don't really understand that it's like several hundred million dollars or upwards of a billion dollars to develop even the most generic 
um, new car. Yeah, because give us the example that you gave. And yeah, yeah, I, I, years ago I ran into some Dodge engineers um, down in the Bay Area, and they were testing what was now like the new um, Jeep Cherokee. And I'd stopped and chatted with them for a bit, and they've been driving around. Uh, the entire country uh, for three months developing the software just to make the car function. And they, they said on average, just for the software alone in the vehicle is a minimum of 10,000 hours to develop the software for, <laughs> for it. Yeah. And then you see these custom cars yeah. that now are costing a million dollars to build. Yeah. What? And you think about, and I think it's the transition is because of the expectation of what people want out of cars now. Mm. So you think about how much money that goes into your average commuter car and oh. like how well they work. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Like I don't Decades know anybody in our world that's building maintenance. custom yeah. cars that can get like 300,000 kilometers out of a build, yeah. a build without a single mechanical failure. Yeah. yeah. It's insane. It's insane. It's literally insane. Yeah. And then like, yeah, we're constantly messing with shit. So yeah. people got on our case because I was like, I'm tired with messing with shit. But I'm literally messing with shit all day, every single day, <laughs> and I'm exhausted by it. So, yeah. like, then you start to gain an appreciation for just how well these things work. Yes. And then our expectation for how well things have to work when it leaves, it's like, man, I got a headache almost every day. Yeah. yeah. It's what, a, what, like, to what part of headache? Because the expectation is so <laughs> it high. It should work all like, the time. It should. People yeah. want everything to work all the time. Mm -hmm. And, like, the expectations now are so high. Yeah. Like, we have the most simplest, like, how come this, can we make it better? Like, well, it lasted 17 years. Yeah. Like, how much better do you want it? Like, no, we'll <laughs> reservice it and you'll be good for another 15 years. Yeah. yeah. But people are like, nope, I want it to, like, forever. I don't ever even want to think about it. Yeah. So it's pretty wild. Yeah. I, I also think that is why people are moving, again, we're talking about electrification, but this is why people are moving towards electrifying, for example, like hot rods, because the typical like back in the day or what we knew a hot rod okay, to wait, be. wait, I got to cut you off on the hot rod. Thing. Oh gosh. Okay. Yeah, of the hot rod topic. It's like all these people chime in like, you know, if you want to eat like EV swap something and you want to electrify it, it's like, you shouldn't be touching hot rods. I'm like, it's the hot rod That's guys that are doing it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like, yeah, I don't no see any like, like, you green environmentalists coming in, like swapping their cars over. Yeah. It's not like there's a lineup of, it's not like there's yeah, a lineup like I didn't of, come yeah. steal your yeah. car and e EV swap it against your will. You yeah. came and asked for it. Yeah. yeah. And it's the hot rod guys that are doing it. Yeah. Because yeah. they're tired of messing with things. Yeah. They just yeah. want to go drive and go like blindingly fast. Yeah. Yes. Back to the original topic, uh, yeah. <laughs> which was NA turbo supercharger. I want to know personally which one you guys prefer. I like superchargers. Okay. Just from their simplicity. Yeah. And packaging. They're much easier to package into a car. Yeah, because you literally just plop it on yeah. top of... And then you usually don't... like <laughs> say that easily, not like but... That, yeah. I mean... They generally have their limitations, but I mean, they're all the... Uh, let's see, ancillary things that you have to do with a supercharger is much less than turbocharging. So what do you have to do for a supercharger? Do you need everything, like intercooler, all of that stuff? Depends Not, on the well, it depends on the motor and how much boost you're trying to create. And that's a big thing with turbochargers is like now you're adding in all kinds of heat management sort of stuff. So depending on what you're putting it in, the packaging can get crazy. Mm -hmm. And then whereas a supercharger, generally, they're fairly easy to install. Like a yeah. root style on a new car, you just 
plop it on the top <laughs> and away you go. Like, yeah. That you're all set. The transition is fairly simple. If you're doing like most modern V8 platforms, yeah. somebody makes a supercharger kit for it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then even like a pro charger, it's fairly easy and you're not dealing with now you're routing heat through exhaust tubing into areas of the car that was never intended to have it. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's pretty easy too. Whereas turbocharging, it, there's lots of advantages to its efficiency and all this kind of stuff. But packaging is generally a lot harder. Some yeah. cars are easy. Like you get a Honda Civic, it's easy to put a turbo. There's lots of room there. You just put it straight on the front and away you go. So it's pretty easy. But you want to start driving like a turbocharger into, I don't know, pick a modern car. There's very little room in there. Any V8. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then now you got to try to manage all this heat that you're creating under hood. And it's, it's not easy. Yeah. So yeah. the cars that you see that, you know, people comment on putting turbos in are generally have quite a bit of room. But say you want to twin turbo charge your Challenger, your 392 Challenger, where are you going to put them? Mm, that's even, true. Like there's not a lot of room. So of course you could get a Hellcat. You wouldn't twin turbo charger. You'd probably just get a Hellcat. But like even now, yeah. what have they switched to? To get twin turbochargers is hot V's. Hot V's yep. are like the most common setup around. Which what is a hot V? Where they move the turbochargers to the top of the engine. Oh, so now the outer side. Oh, like head. Audi. Audi. Yeah. Okay, Audis I feel like I've seen that on the BMW, yeah. Mercedes, oh. because of packaging requirements. Yeah. So yeah, so mine. So the packaging requirements. So why would you do a hot V? Like minus the packaging. Like does it have that's any other benefits? Really the only reason. Reason. Oh, okay. Packaging. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's on top of the intake? It's in yeah. the V, literally in between the, so they like almost where the intake manifold the would be. Yeah. So that they pull from where your exhaust manifolds would traditionally be, mm-hmm. as it will be your intake, and then it's forced out the inside. Oh, oh okay. So instead of your induction coming down through the top of your heads, coming it comes in the edges. Coming yeah. in the edges and forcing out the top just solely for packaging. That's insane. They basically reverse the flow of the head. Yeah. It's exactly the same. It's just you know they reverse the in and outs that's it. okay okay that's and it's all for packaging that's it yeah like i don't know if it's any more efficient in any way but yeah maybe it is yeah i don't know because is the route shorter that the gases take it is right yeah it would compared be to yeah so i guess that might lead might to add the, some efficiency yeah faster it. spooling times and but all that. you have a lot more heat too than yeah. now that you oh have yeah because over. everything because is, the heat just is concentrated directly in the middle of your motor yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. So you have things that actually, yeah, the more reliability issues, I guess, depending on, I guess, the yeah. way that the heat is managed. Um, but what about you, Steve? It would be completely situational. If I were to take a new vehicle, I guess for simplicity wise, I'd probably agree with Tim on the blower part, hmm. just because it's, if I had a V8 car and I wanted to put some kind of force induction, yeah, the packaging and and time of install a supercharger is obviously a lot easier if you're at the track i don't know i'd probably choose the turbo over the supercharger hmm. um only because i it's only personal preference it's only because i just love how a big turbo looks how it sounds oh, how it functions mm. like i prefer that over the sound of a blower for sure at the track mm-hmm. okay I, yeah i don't know which one i would take either yeah like, because I love the turbo sounds. Like, it just sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. For daily driver sound, I'll probably take a turbo. 
just because it just sounds, I don't know, it's more laughter, more noises. You got to build all that into your system, yeah, though. Yeah. Most turbo cars, you're not hearing any of that stuff. No, like they got like recirculated. No, just waste. They, and, yeah, yeah, but yeah. waste gates just yeah. get like, are there like specific, like, what if I want to hear all those noises? And like, because on the, on the Tahoe, you don't hear any of that stuff. I mean, there's a boost, massive boost leak, but like, yeah. How do you get those? Well, right now, there's that thing's not even making a whole bunch of boots. No. So you're not, we're not even probably getting to the point where even opening the gates or even knocking the blow off valve off. So, like, it's a, because we haven't really spent a lot of time on the tune up on that truck, we're not going to hear any of that stuff at the moment. Yeah. So, are there specific, like, waste gates or something that are mostly made for maximizing sound? Well, mostly external waste gates and blow off valves. Yeah. So, a lot of modern turbos have. Internally Internal gated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just okay. going out your exhaust system, so that's yeah. not a separate thing. Blow-off yeah. valves are the same. It's all yeah. routed through different resonators and in part of your induction system. Yeah. So you're not really hearing those noises. It was like oh, all the dudes back sad. in the day with like your WRX <laughs> or Subaru. I like love the, the first sounds, thing you do man. is you put an external blow off valve on it because that's yeah. everyone so to hear the noise. Hear the yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like if I ever own a turbocharged car, that's the first thing I'll do. It's just, a, I just love the, the extra noise. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay. a child like that. So. <laughs> but also, you can't argue with the sound of a supercharger. Like, I no, love no, the, the wine. The gear wine from a big car is so is good. Great, great noise, too. Especially but, modern yeah. ones now. Yeah. Yeah. So these big Magnusins and Gosh, Whipples yeah. just sound insane. It's so nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's but they've gotten a lot more efficient, too. Like, you yeah. get, like, some the rotor design is skull blowers. Yeah. Like, they only made four or five PSI. Those <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, they were not very good. Yeah. No. They were on school buses and shit back in the day. Mm -hmm. Boat. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Whereas <laughs> modern ones now, they're getting big boost out of some of these. Yeah. Like, Boats. I love the sound. I'm wondering what a Hellcat makes without the char without the supercharger. Like I'm wondering. Well, the, the, motor, was, built, the motor was built specifically yeah, like for a supercharger, have, so NA the thing probably would would be a dog. Yeah, it's yeah, probably yeah. it probably 300 horsepower. Oh, okay. It's probably a turd without it because yeah. the piston design, everything else to go along with it, was designed developed for the boost. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, that's actually a good point to make because. Before you turbocharge a lot of cars, or when if you're turbocharging with a lot of boost, like Any what do you have to? Supercharger what or, do you have yeah. to beef up usually? Well, most modern vehicles you can typically get away with like I know people will do way more, but like seven eight pounds is pretty much what most kind of kits are kind of rated for. Okay, because the stock pistons and connecting rods are going to be your weak link as far as a, as far as a, an internal piece of the engine go. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, and a lot of stuff is based on your jumping off point. Yeah. So you a lot of times to do a, a turbo kit, you have to lower the compression ratio of your motor before you start putting a whole bunch of boost in it. Yeah. Because if you have a high compression motor, like that's doing nine and a half, ten to one, and you start boosting it, you're not going to be able to put a lot of boost in it. Oh. You might only be well, able to put like four. stuff could be even upward, like a close to twelve to one in some yeah. of the more high performance cars. Some of the more yeah. traditional performance cars would be yeah, 12 like to eleven, oh, yeah. twelve. That's why you got to run premium fuel in all those things. Like that's higher. That's yeah. Yeah. higher than so that. you cram yeah. eight pounds of boost into a twelve to one car, and yeah. she's not going to. It ain't going to like it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, you're going to be fighting detonation. And so how would you reduce the compression? There's lots of cheats. You either build the bottom end or you can get thicker head gaskets to start dropping the compression ratio. Oh. So you'll see big copper gaskets just to get it down into a happy place where you can start putting some boost into it. So for an LS, for example, like how do you do that? Same thing, like, because... I don't know. Rotating assemblies and things have gotten so cheap over the years that you would just put a better crank rods, okay, okay. pistons in it because yeah, yeah. the cost of it like if you wanted to make big power numbers you wouldn't hesitate to just go buy some better parts like I'm not saying that like I've known people at the track running stock bottom end stuff running insane amounts of boost um, through a stock bottom end um, LS uh, but the lifespan's short okay. like I know guys running 30 plus pounds of boost in a stock 5.3 bottom end but every 10 runs but they got to put a set of rods in it. That's the internet, <laughs> so everybody will gravitate towards yeah. that one guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's yeah. one guy that made 1600 horsepower, <laughs> stock bottom end. Yep. So now every LS ever made can do the same thing. Yeah, yeah, You'll yeah. get another guy that'll do the exact same thing and yep. pop blow motor <laughs> the first time he goes out. Yeah. And it's the same as the Honda kids. It's yeah. like one guy did a thousand horsepower and a stock bottom end, so now they can all do that it. one time. Ten that years one ago. time. <laughs> but the reality is, is like that's not the case. It's no. like that's mm-hmm. one in a thousand. Yeah. It's the same as the LS guy. Like you hear, you know, lots of guys are running like made a thousand seven. Yeah. You know, seven hundred horsepower will last forever yeah. on a stock block and, and everything. Stock block yeah. and stock it's like it's great, and then you get the next guy that's like he. <laughs> puts five pounds in it and pops the heads yeah. off of it sadly like that a lot of that probably comes down to the tune supporting up, like tune-up all the like, stuff did he bother getting bigger injectors did he mm. bother doing anything did he, did he just put boost in it and hoping it was going to stay together like that would be just completely asinine but like a lot of people <laughs> think that, like oh it's going to put a turbo on it'd be fine yeah but uh like it's not fine like no. you, you can take a stock bottom end put a big turbo on it as long as you get the supporting mods everything go with it yeah you can build yourself a reliable yeah, a 700 horsepower car easily mm-hmm. yeah. tune yeah Tune's the biggest Tune one. is the biggest one. You gotta you gotta find yourself a reliable tuner. That mm-hmm. is that is the be all end all to make you reliable podcast. Power. Yes. Yeah, we're podcast. gonna make that yeah. a topic of its own. <laughs> um yeah, because you guys have dealt with tuners and you've yeah. seen both ends great and I've seen terrible. Yeah, I've worked with some of the <laughs> what I would consider the best tuners on the planet versus like all the way down to like your average backyard guy making flash tunes for people and mm-hmm. and there's it a very large difference. To yeah. mess up. Kill a motor. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's such a small window yeah and so final question high would you take a high horsepower naturally aspirated motor or like forced induction depends on the car yeah i would say well there's too many other variables to that yeah Yeah. because like if you got a high horsepower v12 it sounds insane but again if you're just trying to make power yeah I would probably go with a supercharged V8. Yeah, like, what's the long. goal? It would be totally goal oriented. Like, I've had the opportunity to go in some like high horsepower NA vehicles, and it's a riot to have that instant, huge flash up of RPM yeah. and just wild amounts of up top power. <sighs> and and there's nothing sounds better than a well built NA engine, but there's also sitting back and getting your like getting your ass handed to you in the seat by a big supercharged <laughs> turbo car yeah. is also a completely different yeah. experience. Yeah. The torque yeah. numbers in a supercharged yeah. car are yeah. savage. Yeah. Yeah. But then you get these high horsepower, you know, V12s, <sighs> nothing sounds like them. No. no. But yeah. they're dogs off the line. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Like there's not a lot they're of They're only them. making power in that like top end 3000 RPM and other that they're kind of they're gutless to go drive around. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. And like, what do you, I mean, it's probably a lot of different things, but is there anything that you would need generally for a high horsepower build? Like, what are the summary of things that you need for like a high horsepower, uh, naturally aspirated LS? It comes down to the same things. You want you want your good base parts, like uh, especially the high RPM stuff. You're gonna want your the best valve train possible. Yeah, so that way, big, you know, yeah, a big power NA motor is gonna cost you a lot of money. Yeah. Really, even oh, more yeah. so than a turbo uh, turbo yeah, system yeah, kit. Yeah. Oh wow, yeah, because you're stressing all those parts. Them. They're they're not near as efficient as a blown no. or oh, turbocharged okay. motor. Yeah. That makes sense. So then you need to buy all the big boy stuff yeah mm -hmm. like a thousand horsepower any motors is going to be an expensive it's, motor yeah yeah and it's hard to get like that jump from like say 500 to a thousand in the na motor gets really like expensive a, especially for like a, something is like an ls yeah because right? you now you're requiring a, a aftermarket block so because you're going to need huge cubic inches to make a thousand horsepower so we're talking like a 440 inch ls wow. like so like a, as big as you can make the damn thing <laughs> Um, and then all of the whizzy parts that go with it. Best kind of billet crankshaft, best rods, everything to be properly balanced, assembled perfectly, the best valve train, good injectors, and an and ECU tuning, all to go with it. Like, as far as 1,000 horsepower, like NALSs, there's probably a handful of them. Wow. You see, the like, the ceiling for those LS motors is like 650, yeah. 700 horsepower. NA. Yeah. NA. Okay. Yeah. And then I think it just doesn't make financial sense. Yeah, to push it's just an exponential, yeah. it's like law of diminishing returns. Yeah, it, yeah, so it's like you spend another four grand, put a supercharger on it, and yeah. you got a thousand horsepower. Yeah. yeah, that'll do it all day, every day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. And then the rest of the time, it's not being beat up because, like, if you're not heavy footed driving around your yeah. boosted car, yeah, yeah, yeah. where you're the NA motor is always under stress. Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's a very good point that I didn't even yeah. consider. Yeah. Mm. People still do it. Yeah. No, I, and I'm, I'm all for it. it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, you have all the power. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Once you put your foot yeah. down, as opposed to, yeah. like, I mean, you do have, that's also another benefit of a supercharger. Power yeah. is always there. It, but, it is much more instant than a turbo is ever going to be, for yeah, sure. Yeah. But, yeah. Awesome. The minute you add performance, reliability obviously tapers off dramatically. Mm -hmm. So if Just we're going to. build it. Yeah. <laughs> that's the comment. <laughs> that's what the comment section says. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know what your problem is. Yeah. You must. You probably just suck at. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. at the end of the day, like a, a thousand horsepower, anything isn't going to be reliable for very long. No. Like the, the you're going to have to do some maintenance on it, a fair amount of maintenance on it, to keep it making that kind of power level reliably all the That's time. That's definitely when you're making something that was never designed to make a thousand horsepower. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like now there's things literally designed, like you get Hellcats and you get some of yeah. these other cars, but the amount of development that went into it to make a thousand horsepower. Yeah. Now you're starting to see reliability out of it. But how long did that take? It literally decades. took. But even that. It like, took a hundred years there for them to get to this decades, point. Yeah. You drive that thing at its thousand horsepower level. It's not going to last. It ain't going to last. I don't <laughs> care. I don't care how well it was built. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, I, like I see it at the track where like guys, like we... Like, not that you want your motor to explode or, or have an issue, but these guys all know that, like, one small miscalculation on their tune-up, and that's, and that's it. lights out for this very expensive engine package. Mm -hmm. um, and they all know that risk every single round, and they lean on these things as hard as they can to get around the, to get around the guy to the next round, and they know that, like, one small mistake or one and it's, miss. It's yeah. not a mistake. They, like, no. it has nothing to do with the way the motor's built. No. You just blow a shift, yeah. and that's it. Exactly. That's your motor's yeah. done. Yeah, that's <laughs> Like, like that's it can happen like yeah, we, yeah. Like, quickly. especially like like the, the big mechanical injected uh 
uh, Pro Mod cars, uh, one of my clients popped a motor because his foot wasn't on the gas. No. So wait, he, what? So you're going to think about it. The me- a mechanical fuel pump needs the RPM to create the fuel flow going yes. in. Yes. So if for some reason that he knocks a tire off, says so he gets a bit of tire shake and he lets out of the gas. And he, and he, so now he's lost, the engine's still at the very high RPM. Oh, and he's lost. But now he's lost all the oh. RPMs. He doesn't have the fuel up there anymore. And so if he doesn't get back in it to get the fuel flow back into the Ooh. motor, he's going to lean out and it's going to oh. hurt the motor. And like, that's a very common thing is that like, so you got to like. <laughs> I still don't know why you'd be yeah. running mechanical fuel injection on something <laughs> that powerful. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's mechanical. It's not, re- I mean, it's not reliable. It is reliable, but yeah. for the most part, it's yeah. mechanical. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, that's just another, it's talking about also more electrification. I was just yeah. listening to, um, what's it called? Spike's car radio. Yeah. Um, they were talking about this company. I forgot their name, but they were, they make like BMWs and they make them, um, electric. Yeah. They convert them to electric and it is. And he was, they were, they just sent one to him to review. And he was just talking of like, Oh yeah. Like you expect to, usually you expect to hear like whenever you just put an electric motor in like a, any classic car, you have to hear all the rattles because the motor drowns out a lot of that noise. But when sure. you don't have that, you're probably going to hear all the rattles and creaks yeah. and all of that. But he was saying that to the testament of people that built it, apparently like they addressed all of that. And so it literally just sounds quiet. Well, if you take a car as well built as most German cars are, you're not going to have a lot of squeaks and rattles. And I've learned this by working on the G wagon. Mm. I didn't realize how much (laughs) screws and hardware go into a Mercedes dash. It is unbelievable. There's no clips. Yeah. Like I, I like I did my apprenticeship at Honda. (laughs) The entire dash in those cars unclipped. There's no, there's no, so like having to take out two or 300 screws out of a dash to get a dash out of a car i've never done that before. wow that's was, pretty cool so that, that's a true testament of how like the level engineering goes in those cars and why those cars don't have squeaking rails to start with mm-hmm. um so like if you take a quietly well-built car you're probably going to be okay by doing the, the EV you electrify a honda yeah a 93 yeah. honda civic it's gonna yeah it's gonna sound like a rattly hunk of garbage yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah but yeah it was just i was just like very surprised because i'm it's also interesting too because so many more people that are not even hot rod people i feel like have started to get interested in like electrified classics now i feel like that's a big thing that i've been hearing about i've listened to a few podcasts in the past few weeks and i feel like that's all the rage or all the talk and like you said like people are paying big money for these things massive amounts of money. it's well, insane i think like i've commented a bunch of times like you get all these guys in there like we love playing with big horsepower motors and superchargers and turbos which started this whole conversation but there's legitimate car enthusiasts that love cars they love the aesthetic of the cars they love driving the cars and they don't want to work on cars no they just there's a lot of cars. people yeah a some lot. people just want to drive cars yep. yep but if you're not working on your car now you're not a legitimate car i know which is crazy <laughs> because some people are car enthusiasts mm-hmm. and a lot of these people in their defense because this is my business this is what i do every day they're the ones that help drive the industry yep, as much or more than the guys that are in their garage working, working on, it. on it. Yes. Because they're taking money from other industries that they've created through different successes and putting it in ours and giving us opportunity to make things better. Mm-hmm. Because to do it yourself, guys, like it's awesome you're a car enthusiast, but you're not helping progress the industry. Mm-hmm. You're using what's already 
available. Established, yeah. There's no money for any kind of innovation or making mm. anything better. So it's like uh, people are probably going to hate me for it, but those aren't the guys that are helping me build awesome stuff. No. Like they're, you know, so I have a certain amount of respect for these guys. And like, you know, the guy that we're doing a car for now, like this guy is like, man, he is deep. Like you're not like, you're not tricking him. He wants to know just as much as you do. So Mm. if you make a suggestion, he goes away. And And does his own research. He does his own research and deep dives. And he's making smart decisions and confirming that we're making smart decisions so you can't just dismiss this guy as not being a car enthusiast. Like, no. He's got all the cars, he's got all the things, and he is heavily, heavily invested in it. Yeah. So to just to dismiss that is crazy. So Yeah. I think we should do a whole episode on that actually. <laughs> <laughs> we should, because I mean Who like, is a real car guy? Yeah, like I'm gonna write that down. <laughs> no, that's it's a it's a fair one. It's just like is like I see it from all different sides too. Like all the shops and all the people I work with and track and all the other stuff, like the, you can be the guy sitting in the stands and just be as passionate about the guy who's actually <laughs> sitting in the starting line in the car. Yeah. It doesn't make a difference to me. No. Like uh, if you're out there supporting what you what you enjoy what you in love. the motorsport industry, mm-hmm. go do it. Yeah, yeah. So to make the statement that you're not a real car guy unless you're working on stuff, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, like I'm a huge car enthusiast, and ninety percent of the cars that like I lust after, I wouldn't know the first thing about being able to work on them. <laughs> you open the back, like up. No. <laughs> especially the way things have progressed now. Like, yeah, I, you know, we all lust after supercars, and well, maybe not everybody. Of course, someone's gonna be like muscle cars are the best but like yeah yeah, modern shit you don't i wouldn't even know where to begin they don't even let you open the back of it like the new gt3 rs like you can't even (laughs) open the trunk to see the engine not the trunk the back of it to see the engine check your own oil yeah Yeah. (laughs) gonna do a weird key thing and it tells you most modern cars are that way now just to avoid that human mistake yeah they don't want you messing it up (laughs) yeah that's true that's Um, why manual transmissions have gone away y'all can't drive out there so it's so sad so sad so yeah which which one do you guys prefer comment in the comment section below supercharger na turbo electric yeah. um yeah there's a whole this one was like a, a walk through the woods this <laughs> yeah i know all over the place don't worry it's gonna be edited uh um yeah spectacular <laughs> by the time it's done uh but yes thank you guys so much for watching this if you liked it give it a thumbs up and we will see you guys later bye